0: episode of the comfort monk podcast um how you doing eddie doing well yeah living surviving i got toilet paper today so i'm doing all right nice glad to hear you're stocked up man well today uh we got to speak to my friend peter alvanos he um is a drummer current drummer for the band elf power um he's just been kind of an artist and musician around uh the southeast um sort of south carolina georgia he lived in new york city for a while he he's been making some great art for a long time so i met peter through my friend andre who he played uh at the time he was gigging with us in dear blanca and he still plays on our records but andre's band secret guest opened for elf power at a place called the spinning jenny and greer and uh they became friends pretty fast, and, and don't then, see a lot of good shows in Greer too. No, I mean it, I'm sure that that's like an exciting opportunity for any of those kids there who are hard pressed to find good live shows to go to. But yeah, Andre and and uh, and Peter met through that show, and then shortly after we were gigging through Athens, and Andre invited Peter out to see us, and the rest is history, man. Never, now every time we go to Athens, it's like we hit up. I think it's called Little Italy, right down the street from the Georgia Theater, and get pizza and stay up way too late talking about Big Star and Men and Husker Du and all these bands that we awesome. both love. Um, I mean, he's, he's he's was because he's a little bit older than us. Like he saw most of those bands, and he always has great stories about like just a million shows that I would have killed to be at. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that that Athens scene is amazing.
0: But yeah, because of his involvement with Elf Power, like that, they're kind of tuned into the. or they a part of that Elf and Six collective? And I know he's, you know, Athens is a lot like Columbia in that you know, if you're in the scene, you kind of know everybody. But he's also, you know, Elf Power has a really rich history in that scene. I mean, Elf Power was hitting it during. I think they were, you know, when they were first starting. I want to say that was back when like. Nutramilk Hotel was hitting it still, or or at least not long, maybe not long after. I could be wrong, but I know that they're you know of the same kind of crew. And then Elf- didn't you, didn't you get a copy of that uh, that Elephant Six uh, VHS? Oh, whatever? I think did I you, tried to get it. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> I don't okay, think I actually mind. got it, but I know what you're talking about. That is wild. Where they it's like this secret VHS that kind of showed a bunch of like footage from Orange Twin. This like art. <laughs> space i guess you would call it in athens but yeah i mean elf power they they played um you know they were the band for one of vic chestnut's records which if you're not familiar with vic chestnut he's definitely worth uh looking up he he was an athens guy um his first record was made uh, recorded by michael stipe from rem and i mean he's just incredible I, everything that guy put out is is moving in one way or another and he has a really eclectic uh range of kind of musical stylings that he's pulling from and as a lyricist vic chestnut is like ridiculously talented i mean that's one of the most memorable things about him so the fact that elf power supported him i always thought that was really awesome and uh you know i mean heck of a resume builder for them (laughs) that is cool I, Um, i
1: feel like uh michael stipe is kind of like the six degrees of michael stipe in the music oh, industry for sure. well i'm sure in he's, athens especially. yeah especially in <laughs> athens he's he's had his hands you know he's touched so many different projects that's true
0: i yeah. mean you know so i don't think that peter was playing with them in that era but you know peter was like he's you know he talks in the in the conversation that we had about how he kind of shifted towards being a little bit more music focused with his art um more so in his 30s um I think he'd been playing before then for sure, but he had been pursuing other artistic interests a little heavier. Um, It was great catching up with them and uh, hearing what he's been up to. I know he's probably hurting from the state of the gig economy a little bit, um, but he's still uh, able to do his uh, private lessons for drumming and everything else and and working on his own material, which is cool. Um, But yeah... Great to hear from him. I guess we'll you know skip to it. Let you guys hear from it as well. And if you're if you're at it at home, you know listening to music, throw on some some of the Elf Power records. Um, you know, and if you want to hear some of Peter's music, his music is incredible. I mean, me and him are pulling from the same well of influences half the time. Um, and he. He has a project called Fabulous Bird that is awesome. Uh, You can find some of that stuff online, Um, and I think he's really trying to do a bit more with that project soon, which is really exciting because I've always, you know, kind of wanted to see him spend a little more time with it because he's so. I mean, he's just always playing for for other people, um, and he's a great player in that regard. But I wanted to see him stretch his legs a little bit more with. With that stuff. So I'm excited for him. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to Eddie for being Eddie. And for Sassy for being Sassy. And Daisy for being Daisy. The pets here at Comfort Monk. Um, and Daryl. Can't forget him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys stay safe and healthy at home. And hopefully these uh, episodes can you know, help you pass the time a little bit. And yeah, we'll see you next time. I think... Uh, I won't say who we're gonna have next because we might it switch sides. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we got again. We, we have got, some we exciting got some ones stuff. coming out soon. Yep, absolutely. Well, thanks, guys. This is the Comfort Monk podcast.
1: hey what's up peter hey not much a lot actually
0: (laughs) yeah that's true are you hanging at the house in athens
1: i am i am i've been staying busy cooped up in here but i've been going for nice walks during the day when it's been nice and uh keeping my distance from the few uh pedestrians out there right
0: how's the weather up there
1: right now it's gorgeous Nice. it is beautiful right now it's sunny it's about 61 62 and uh that's nice
0: are you still in that same apartment building with the the nice courtyard out front
1: no I had to move out last year I don't know if I told you about that a lot of a lot of changes last year it, it was a it was it was a big year for me like it was One of several moments that I felt like somebody just pulled the you know the rug right out from under me. Oh
0: man!
1: Uh, So yeah, I had to move out, but uh, but I'm in a really nice neighborhood now, and uh, I'm living in a house, a small house by myself. So that 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 uh, that offers a lot of freedoms that I didn't have in that beautiful mid-century modern style (laughs) apartment building that I miss dearly. (laughs) That's
0: true, but it's got to be a better setup for playing your kit and you know practicing at the house and whatnot
1: absolutely and my neighbors uh so this neighborhood has been coined rock block it's near nice. boulevard in athens georgia so a lot of people on my block my next door neighbor is he plays keys for of montreal and the next door neighbor is dan nettles uh, a super uh badass jazz uh guy and so I'm with my peeps now,
0: and it's nice. nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I was trying to think when the last time I saw you was, I guess, was it when we were up there playing at the Georgia Theater? Yeah, yeah. I was man, thinking it's been about way too. It's too long. It's been a couple of years. It
1: has been way saying, too long. It has been way too long, man. It really has. And uh, that, that was a fun night meeting you guys and get, getting to know y'all.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, dude, I was thinking, I feel like every time we've gotten together, the two of us end up chatting so much about all the bands that we both love, but we haven't talked as much as I'd like about kind of your musical story. Um, I kind of wanted to pick your brain and hear your your take on on your start in this little musical journey you're on, man. Absolutely.
1: I'm happy to share that with you. Uh well, it started with a skateboard, nice. <laughs> oddly enough. So I grew up skateboarding, and uh, luckily, thankfully, my brother, he was the one that read the paper when I was a teenager, and he thought that there were these auditions for a skateboard play. So Julian Wiles, a director in Charleston, he, he was one of the few... Uh, writers that was doing original plays and he wrote this play about skateboarding and about a community coming together and I did that for three summers and I toured England my junior year in high school and I was super shy at the time and all I wanted to do was skate and the director kept giving me lines to read and I did everything to get out of this play cuz I was so shy and the funny thing is is that once that production ended, I got the bug for the stage. So I pursued acting, I went to New York, and I spent a year there. And that's where I made a lot of musical contacts going to shows. And that's when I decided I want to be a musician. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So that was 1987-88. I moved back to Charleston, South Carolina, my hometown. And I started playing in bands and working in film uh, production. And eventually film production took me to Wilmington, North Carolina. And I got sick of that. And I decided to meet up with friends in Athens, Georgia. And so really my journey Although it began in my teens as a performing artist, as a musician, it started in my mid-30s. So I left. I made a huge career change in my mid-30s to pursue music. Nice.
0: So yeah, what, what year did you move to Athens?
1: I moved to Athens in 2001. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That was right after 9-11 and... Uh, Let's see, it took a few years before I joined any bands. I was married at the time and just trying to figure out how to make a living in Athens because that can be challenging. It's a it's a very comfortable and affordable town to live in where you can really hone your craft. But the drawback as well is how do I get work? There's but so much work out there. You know, you have 25,000, 30,000 college students uh, that are trying to get work as well. So... Right. Figuring that out, you know, after about three or four years, I saw an ad in uh, the Flagpole Music paper. Uh, it was a funny ad where this guy said, if, "If you're into PBR and GBV and Cheap Trick and can count to four, I'm looking for a drummer." And I thought, well, two out of three, <laughs> two out of well, three out of four ain't bad. I can count to four. I'm into GBV and I'm into <laughs> Cheap
0: Trick, <Nice>. but
1: the <laughs> PBR I can do without right
0: (laughs) so that was that
1: that that was like 2003 2002 and that was a band called plastic bird okay and it was with this guy rob romer he was from kentucky and he wrote these really cool lo-fi tunes
0: and we were a two-piece so uh how long did you stick around in that project
1: i did that for a few years and then rob was thinking about moving away he met the lady of his life and then i started joining other bands and i started playing with this band called the mod fathers and they were this really cool power pop band with uh with my i, I met my lifelong friend seth hall super talented guy and uh, uh, It's a real story how Seth and I met. I should share this story because it ties on to uh, uh, other bands that I was in. So my first job in Athens was working at this dry cleaners. And this guy comes in and he comes in with a pair of corduroy jeans with Gum on it. And he seemed like a really cool dude. And he said, Yeah, it'd be cool if I could get these pants uh, by tomorrow. I've got a show. I was like, Cool. What, what band are you in? I'm in this band called the Sunshine Fix, who I was not familiar with. And so he came back the next day, and I did it pro bono. He's an artist. I'm not going to charge him the $7 to get the bubble gum off right. of the corduroys. So that was Seth. And so he was like, Hey, man, you want to come to the show? I went to the show. It was with the Sunshine Fix. That was like 2003. And then uh, he and I became friends. I joined the Mod Fathers. He moved away the next year. The Sunshine Fix is playing. And that's with Bill Doss, uh, one of the co-founders of the Olivia Tremor Control, if you're not familiar with the Sunshine Fix. And the next year, that next year, I, I... introduced myself to Bill and said, Hey, I think we have a mutual friend. And he gave me this 20 question game. You know, what bands are you into? Do you play music? Yeah. What instruments do you play? Do you play anything else? Yeah. How long have you been in Athens? How long have you been playing in bands in Athens? And that led to a, a friendship with Bill and I toured with Bill and uh one day we were in his van somewhere in uh, middle america and i looked down and on this uh on the upholstery of the bench seat that i was sitting in i noticed there was a piece of bubble gum remnant <laughs> <laughs> and i thought oh my god this i bet this is the gum that seth hall sat on oh
0: man that's wild. <laughs> and, and
1: so it was it was like hey dude you're not gonna believe this at the time we had flip phones i'm like, Hey, dude, you're not going to believe this, but I'm on tour with Bill and I'm sitting on a piece of gum in the back bench. Is that where he was like, dude, that's the gum that I sat on when you, you know.
0: Amazing that it lasted all that time.
1: It lasts. Of course. Yeah, it did. But anyways, sorry for that long winded story. I thought I had a beautiful, you know, those those are the payoffs of being a musician in Athens. You know, you have stories like that in moments like that, that. uh those are the little payoffs when the financial payoffs aren't there.
0: <laughs> oh, totally. Man. I mean, Columbia's pretty similar in that. Like, I mean, I, I, Athens might have a a little bit of a deeper musical history than us, but I feel like it's a similar kind of uh, medium sized city, but small town vibe. You know. Um, I mean. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, I would say Athens is. I guess Athens is a smaller city, but it has like a crazy deep musical history um yeah so when did you start playing with elf power
1: i started playing in Elf power in uh, i want to say 2011 i think okay i started playing with those guys yeah nice. uh yeah that that's a cool story how that happened <laughs> yeah
0: how'd you fall that was, into that situation
1: well, you know, this might be kind of—I don't know—this might be some uh, some heebie uh I don't know uh, powers that I that you feel right. that I may have that I feel like I had, but I was working for uh, uh, a bread company bread company delivering. And I was in rural Georgia and I was frustrated. I wasn't playing in any bands and I felt like I was just working all the time. And I just rolled the window down and just started screaming, I'm fucking ready. I'm ready to fucking play in some bands. I'm ready now. <laughs> this is what I was meant to do. You know, thank you for this job, but I wanna fucking rock. And I swear to you, two days later, out of nowhere, I got a message from Andrew, and I didn't really know him that well. And uh, we had mutual friends. We were on a first-name basis. And uh, he sent me uh, an an email on Facebook saying, Hey, man, I'm changing things up. And uh, I was wondering if you would be interested in drumming. And I was, like, (laughs) mind-blown. Yeah,
0: that's a great Uh, gig, man.
1: It is. it, It is. Andrew... He's a wonderful leader, uh, he's open-minded, he's um, he's eclectic, he's unique, he's weird, and he's open, he's real a really cool guy, and he's all about the music flowing.
0: That's great, man. It sounds like he's trying to keep things exciting, keep everybody involved, like actively involved, like not just there to play, you know? Absolutely,
1: um, I, I think he's all about the ship. He, he wants the ship to almost fall apart, but not fall apart. Right, right. But uh, you know, um, you know, there are times where things are a little shaky. Oh, I think we're, you know, that sounded good. I think we're ready. And for him, it's not about just being okay with it. He knows that if you're over rehearsed. It can become too tight and too sterile. Right. Although I do everything to work my ass off, it's like okay, the band's not going to practice, but I'm going to practice on my own. Right. And he knows that. He knows that 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 I'm going to uh, be there. I'm, I'm going to hold it down, even when I'm not sure where everything's going.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, uh, it's kind of a let everybody figure out their own way about it. Let you, you know, some people just operate better when they feel. Rehearsed and some people feel like they're overthinking it if they do that too much. Uh,
1: Yeah, and absolutely. And I I think Andrew, he knows what he wants. And so he finds the people that fit the part as opposed to finding people that don't fit the part and making them fit the part. Right. And and there is definitely, I mean, we definitely do rehearse. Oh, of course. Uh, Don't get me wrong. But he finds the happy medium of, okay, we're tight. That's good. He doesn't want to overthink it. And he wants it to be mindset.
0: fresh when we play live. And, and it is. Yeah, you don't basically kind of like avoiding the situation where you've all played the songs so many times that you need an ear break, you know, keep sure. keep, keep everybody excited to be playing those songs as opposed to, you know, wearing each other out, you know. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's right. Absolutely. I mean, happy medium is a perfect way of describing it, you know. You know? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. When I was uh, growing up, my dad always told me there are two types of bands. Which is, this is absolutely like a gross overstatement, but he said uh, (laughs) there are bands like Pink Floyd and there are bands like the Rolling Stones. And I, I assume what he meant was bands that are like meticulously rehearsed versus bands that are like ninety percent feel, you know? Yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, I know he had Pink Floyd records, but he was not nearly as big of a fan as he was of the Stones. He has the 40 Licks logo tattooed on his arm, so he's... Oh, wow. <laughs> he's a diehard Stones guy. Um, yes, he is. Yeah, man, I, I always thought it would be kind of cool to see the Stones with him. So I did buy tickets for that uh, that tour they have coming up, but it, it got postponed with everything that's going on. But I'm hoping that, yeah. that it still happens. I've never been to an arena show like that. I, don't, I feel like that's going to be way out of my element, but kind of the only option for seeing the rolling stones yeah you gotta do
1: it you know as far as arena shows i saw paul mccartney i think it was in the 90s and i saw him in atlanta georgia when they had the omni and i mean he looked like an ant but it was really cool there was a moment where after the show he ran off the stage with linda whoa And it felt like a behind-the-scenes moment. I felt like I was the only one that saw it. It was like this really personal moment. It felt like, wow, band on the run. Band on the run was the first thing I thought. And it was this beautiful, like, romantic moment where he was running off the stage, and he went and grabbed her arm and kind of yanked her, you know, kind of caught her off guard, and then she ran with him. It was an endearing moment, and it was one that I won't forget.
0: Nice. Yeah, I found out my my older brother actually saw the Stones at the same arena. I guess it's the the Panther Stadium in Charlotte. Um, oh yeah! But he saw them in like '97. I'm like, dang man, I was seven years old when you when you saw that shit. Um, I didn't know you had an older, older sibling. Yeah, yeah, I'm the youngest of uh, four brothers. Ah, guess what? What? So am I.
1: What?
0: <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you got? Have you got brothers and sisters, or just brothers? Four brothers. Oh, nice! That's crazy. You too. Yep, just four brothers. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, there's that a is. there's a pretty big age difference between me and my oldest. We're like eleven years apart, Yeah. and then then it's like ten years between me and the next one, and I think five Whoa. between me and the other. Okay. Well, I mean, well, those two, the first two, <gasps> oh, are, right, are right, like right, right, a right. year apart. But I meant the those, other ones, right, ten right, years right. from me. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. for me, my. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm was, I was curious. I didn't know you had siblings, too, man. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: We're all like five to six years apart. Okay. So my oldest brother, let's see. Uh, I think he's 15 years older.
0: Interesting. That's a Vietnam big
1: age vet. You know, luckily he came back yeah. well, as well as could be expected and living a, a good life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. Did, did any of your siblings play any music?
1: Uh, I had one brother that, pl- you know, he took a few lessons but never really played. Um, we formed a band. He was the brother closest to me that would uh, kick my ass Right, when I was younger. And he forced me to sing, I think I sang something by the Beatles because I had a high voice and I could sing... Um, I don't think I sang the whole song, but I have to share this with you. Yeah. So he came, we had a band. We had a band. We heard, rehearsed one time, and forgive me if I'm not supposed to say this over this. You can believe bleep no, it. No.
0: Uh, we, we were called allowed.
1: the. We were called the fucks. Oh. F U X X.
0: That is a perfect <laughs> band name, man.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. That's incredible, man. That's awesome well, that yes. you actually played together. Some my. My oldest brother is kind of the where my introduction came from to the music world. Oh yeah. He was a bass player and played in bands all, you know, while I was growing up. I mean, he graduated and went to college when I was like 7 or 8, but so when I was, you know, 9 or 10, I was going to see him play house shows in Rock Hill, South Carolina ah, and places. That's so, cool. And like doing, he had me like draw some of the album art for his bands when I was a kid and stuff. So I was like already fascinated by it, you know, in in elementary school. So like that you know, was cool. I was getting all the records that my, you know, late teen aged brothers were getting, as opposed to like what my fellow elementary school kids were listening to so yeah but yeah he he kind of jump-started everything i mean he recorded my first bands and oh man all this stuff and i mean he he's the one who gave me like i think in middle school he gave me a mix cd that had that Minutemen song vietnam on it to like oh wow you know introduced me to several Dang. of my current favorite bands which is great uh,
1: that is so cool
0: yep he lives in atlanta now he's got a, a wife and a kid a a really young kid so he's uh, very busy, but they're just hanging out in this quarantine, hanging at home right now.
1: I know right well, you know I, although my brothers weren't really musicians, um and one of them does play now the one that we had the band together. my older <clears throat> excuse me, my older siblings did you know those were the records I was listening to, right, and I did have one older brother I remember you, this kind of sparked a memory uh, talking about your brother and going to yeah. house shows. My brother throwing a party when I was a kid at the house, and my parents were out of town. And he had friends over, and they were, you know, they were just partying. And one guy, his uh, um, friend, had an acoustic guitar and would play with the lights out and scare the shit out of me. (laughs) Because I was like eight or nine years old. But I remember that. And I think, you know, those, those moments, it's like music, music. Oh, for sure. want to play music. That's so and, funny, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. That's funny that man, you that, mentioned that, and it sparked this. Oh, yeah, I have a memory that all of that, I think, plays a, a role.
0: Oh, for and sure. And my mother,
1: my mother was a huge, huge influence. I can remember riding with her in her Mustang, uh, driving downtown Charleston, and we would listen to radio, you know, listen to the bands on the radio. And, and I would tell her, you know, I, I think uh, – Maybe it was Incense and Peppermint was on by the association. Right. And and uh I remember saying, Mom, can we go to the radio station and see the band play? I thought they were playing live.
0: Oh man. Yeah. So Yeah, just that disconnect at that age. Yeah. And I mean so I think she, you're just like reaching at that age to be you want to be inspired by that stuff. So you're like Right. You're kind of amping everything up, you know. I mean to me, like Absolutely. all all of my brothers' bands or like, you know, whoever Just anybody who was actually in a band at that age, I was like, I thought of them as hugely successful just for being doing it, you know, which I think, you you know, you kind of want to keep a little bit of that mindset all throughout your life, you know, you should be, I I try to keep that in check, you know, like, I guess the music business is definitely like a racket to a certain, you know, and it's, it's, there's ups ups and downs, but at the end of the day, if you're playing music you enjoy with people you enjoy playing it with, that's pretty rewarding in itself so you kind of have Man, to keep, keep that in mind that that i you got to keep that in mind
1: that that's why you're doing it in the first place you know you remember the first time you played with your friends right there's nothing like that and i remind myself i remind myself over and over it's got to be fun it's got to be fun find something about it it's got to be fun totally it, 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 you know and it's partly um, you
0: got to let it be fun you know what i mean it's easy to take true. something that is really fun and should be really fun, and not let it be fun for yourself by True. Like, getting stressed out. Like, you know, I've I recently have kind of taken the mindset of, like, I can only allow myself to stress so much about any particular gig, because I don't want it to make it where I don't enjoy the gig. Like, I don't want to, I want to look back on that show and be like, man, I had a great time, or in, as opposed to, man, I would have had a great time if I wasn't in my own head about everything the whole time, you know?
1: Right, Absolutely absolutely hopefully they'll come coming you know uh, for me i don't know uh i'm trying to remember the day when i finally started letting go more kind of right. like a baseball player you got to have a short term memory you know right. you have one bad game you can make up for it that next game
0: oh 100%
1: cuz i was hard on myself in the beginning and, and and ironically, the shows that I thought my, were my worst shows were the shows that people came up and said that was an amazing show, and right. maybe maybe it was the tension. Maybe they saw the struggle. Maybe they saw me having a hard time with it and fighting and working through it. And that That's tension true. can create energy. You know, some of my favorite shows are seeing bands almost fall apart, or right. someone not. You know, it, something's not working for them. Well, I can relate to that.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's I it's about how yeah. they how they get through the moment, not the moment itself, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why you know everybody's so hard on themselves and like you know, beating themselves up about that kind of stuff. It's like no, I mean, true. that's that's part of you know being in a band is just navigating the chaos sometimes, you know. And
1: absolutely. It, um, and and what if every show is great? You're not gonna know it.
0: Yeah, that's true. And you're gonna <laughs> and the stories you're probably gonna tell are probably the ones from the ones where the shit hit the fan and it was crazy, as opposed to like the show where everything went off without a hitch. That's great. That's what you want, but you probably won't think of that story as often, you know what I mean? Some of my best memories are with a band that I played
1: in where there was the most drama. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) I mean not that you should strive for that. But those yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the ones that like other musicians can relate to, you know, like the times when you broke down on the side of the road like everybody's been there it wasn't fun at the time but it's that remember it's definitely doesn't take long to become that remember that time when (laughs) that crazy thing happened you know remember that
1: time when you had to you had to be the one to uh to get under the van and hit the gas tank with a golf club right on you know in indiana and having everyone honk at you that was me like 10 years ago
0: (laughs) yeah we we uh got only (laughs) last year we were We were driving to Richmond for a gig in this new, well, new-to-us minivan, Um, and, I mean, Cam was driving, and we were probably going, I mean, we are going at least 70 on the interstate and blew out a tire, and Cam navigated that moment so well. I was so proud of him. (laughs) Dang. He, like, just, I I mean, everybody did the, like, oh, shit, grabs onto something, and then Cam just, like... Very gracefully pulled us over to the side of the road. I was like, "Dang!" I I but it was a moment. It was crazy, and then we had, you know had to figure it out wherever we were out somewhere outside of Virginia and get new tires and everything. And it was a dang crazy situation. Even though I mean it happens to people all the time, but when you yeah. when you're in route to a gig, it's like really bad timing. But it all worked out. We got new tires and got to the gig. And and I tell that story all the time just because of how badass cam was in the moment well (laughs) you know that doesn't surprise me you know just from the couple of times
1: that i met cam he has this he seems to have this cool calm demeanor
0: he does man he He was the
1: right guy he's
0: the the quarterback quarterback. that's awesome (laughs) dude you uh you got to come to columbia soon he's well you know i'm sure it'll be a minute with everything that's going on with the coronavirus but he's opening up a a barcade here that's called transmission um, it's right on Main Street in Columbia, and it's pretty sick, man. It's got all the vintage arcade games in it, and him and our friend Josh Rainwater are opening it. I think you'd dig it. Oh, I'd love that. We need to. Um, we should get Fabulous Bird down here playing some stuff. Is it, I know you're saying you're going to do some more touring soon. Was that the project that you want to focus on, or is it something that, new? It, it is,
1: it is. And obviously, right now, it's like, huh, okay, we'll right. see. Yeah. Now, I definitely, you know, the offer that you had made, I, I definitely want to come down there and play. I, um, I think it was like in the art museum.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've been putting together this thing uh, on the first Thursday of every month at the Columbia Museum of Art. Uh, my friend Phil Blair, he kind of, he's the one who puts the event on, but he lets me help as far as booking is concerned and whatnot. Um, but he also books like Jam Room Festival, which right, uh, I think. I think I think
1: Elf Power played
0: that. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, Elf Power played that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then he he books similar events guy. in time. Yeah, Phil's awesome. He's like the best sweet. promoter in town, man, or one of them at least. But uh, yeah, we should definitely make that happen. If you know, I mean, play it by ear, see how things are going with all this. Of well, course, of course, but, right. But eventually, you know, hopefully, in theory, the world will return to normal a little bit. You know, um,
1: right, right. Or at least well
0: to a new normal. Um, yeah yeah yeah
1: definitely but, yeah it things will never be the same from this our no, experiences sure.
0: that we're having from this i think um have you have you tried to take advantage of some of the downtime as far as like recording or anything with the project i
1: haven't been uh rec- well i've been writing a lot um this is something that happened for the first time maybe ever or in a long time where like the beginning of this, the, the beginning of my quarantine, which started about almost, you know, we're looking at looking at like eleven days now, twelve days. Right. <clears throat> at the 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 teething stage of it, I woke up in the middle of the night with a song in my head. Stupid me goes back to sleep. Oh no! But I wake up, and I remember it.
0: Great man. It was like that's lesson rare.
1: learned. You, get your ass up next time. So I'm really excited about that. That'll be something new, but I have been taking, uh, a lot of time this time off to practice. I've been, uh, playing a lot of drums because I have, uh, about 12 students that I had been teaching drum lessons to privately. And so now, um, I, it looks it appears that I'm going to be shooting videos lessons sending you know posting these on YouTube privately unlisted sending a link to my student having them stream the video and then I will FaceTime or call them and talk about it That's
0: talk cool. about that beat so
1: playing in front of the camera is a whole different mofo
0: yeah have you got like a little recording set up to to kind of get some decent audio going
1: well it's funny what i'm doing right now is all i'm using is my iphone to shoot the video and then my interface is the apogee jam and i've always recorded with one microphone so i am using one microphone and surprisingly it sounds good
0: well i mean and i'm
1: i'm tweaking it and it's getting better and better
0: I mean, if you're not trying to mix it with a full band, one microphone is probably going to capture what you need, you know. And plus, I mean, you think back, like even if you were recording and I'm like, I'm planning on publishing this in any type of way, like the, the Sonics back in the day, they always just put one mic over the drums and it sounds super raw and kind of awesome, you know. Just
1: Absolutely. I mean, hell, you can publish this. I, oh, yeah. I'm, I. This is all of my recordings have been mono drums. Nice. Everything that I've drummed and uh, you know, I've done, and uh, what I've learned from all those years, especially when digital recording became a thing, I remember my first experience going to the studio. First thing the engineer says, "Hey man, if you can lay off the cymbals," and I'm thinking. Are you fucking kidding me? Huh. <laughs> I mean, I'd never done that before. Like, how right, do I play cymbals shift. lightly but play everything else hard? And it was a challenge. I did it. I did it pretty well. But then that became the, the, the norm for me when I started recording with one microphone. So it's just like, I have to be the mixer. I'm right. going to have to play dynamically even more. And so I think that has prepared me for this.
0: That's awesome. That,
1: you know, it's like, okay, I can, I can, I can hit things hard, and I can hold back on things too.
0: Right. It sounds like a pretty good exercise for just like working on your, you know, your touch behind the kit. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. So
1: that's taking up most of my time, and it's fun. You know, I, I, I get to edit. Um, it's give. it's taken, it's, it's that part of my brain that, that creative part is enjoying this. Yeah. So yeah, I'm making the best of it. that's all you can do.
0: It. Yeah, right. Is try to make, try to make the most of it. I mean, uh, right. I've, I just got, uh, the Blanca test pressings in the mail, which was good timing because I'm stuck at home. I can yeah. spin it a few times, make sure we're happy with everything. And then a friend of mine, we collaborated a little bit on a, a song the other day, just I mean, just swapping ideas um right, but yeah, I mean, you know we're all stuck at home. you might as well listen to some good records and or work on some music or you know, but also if we, if people feel like being lazy, treat yourself too a little bit, you know whatever to make this weird time manageable for you, you know
1: i agree, i agree i that- i think uh hopefully uh we'll we'll get comfortable with ourselves right you know that's something uh, my great uncle he kind of tying and talking i wanted to share with you when you were talking about you should come play at the uh you know at the at the museum right. my great uncle was an artist in the 40s and 50s in boston and uh Stories that I hear about him—he was a painter. He was called a psychic painter, and he was a spiritual teacher to uh, to this composer, Alan Havanis, an Armenian composer. And from the stories, I've met a few people that that knew my uncle, and they, you know, they talked about that. You know, he lived a life of aloneness, but he wasn't lonely. Right. So, Being alone and being lonely are two different things. And that's that's something that I've always strived for.
0: Um, Well, I mean, imagine if if this happened, you know, prior to us all being as connected as we are with, you know, phones in our pockets and everything else. It'd be a whole other level of isolation, you know, because we could... I mean, you and I are chatting right now, you know? <laughs> right,
1: absolutely. Um, and if we wanted to, we could FaceTime or right. uh, or do this with video, what we're, the Skype right now. And, yeah, I mean, the, hey, the modern how are you really world. Great? Hey, how are you <laughs> yeah, doing? <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's it's strange and it's odd to navigate a bit, but I'm hoping sooner than later, you know, the dust settles a little bit just because it's, it's definitely frightening. I mean... And then, you know, people's, and uh, it's, you know, the health aspects being number one. And then also just, you know, people's job security and everything else is kind of out the window right now, which is just wild. I it is. I don't really recall anything like this happening in my lifetime. I was trying to think of like, you know, if H1N1 or any of the other things like hit or if I remember I'm hitting anything like this and I don't feel like they did. But I, right, right. but I was also younger and not as tuned in back then, you know, so there's no, I mean, I'm the, sure it did o- have an impact.
1: Right, right. I think the, the one scare that I had similar to the, maybe not similar or similar, um, when I was living in New York in 87, I guess it was, 88, you had HIV and you had crack was the new epidemic. But there, I, I can't think of the guy's name. uh I don't remember who it was, but during the whole HIV, not only scare, but it was a real thing. Uh, there was a guy on the subways going around stabbing people with needles. Oh, and everyone was freaking out. And I think a, a fairly well-known model at the time, you know, she was uh, stabbed with it and we didn't know anything about, AIDS nobody knew like we no one knew if you were going to immediately die from this
0: yeah that's terrifying
1: you know or you know how else it could be transmitted you know everyone was phobic to whoever had this like stay away from me you know and I was a real scare you know we, we did it was something new we didn't know anything about it didn't know if you could live with it didn't that was a scary
0: time I mean I would just say. Like, even if the prior you know if that wasn't as big of an element in it the idea of somebody potentially stabbing you with a needle period is terrifying
1: oh yeah it is but a dirty you know yeah Yeah, exactly it's just it's a
0: that's a i would not be on the subway personally if i could help it that would that would be too freaky yeah yeah Um, that was
1: a scary time
0: yeah uh, for sure but i mean yeah the the situation on a global level would have been crazy around then too sure sure well man I'm glad to hear you're you're making the most of your time and that you're you know still being able to do those lessons and you know you got a good house situation for being able to make some noise and not have the neighbors complain. Uh Yeah,
1: hopefully not.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Well it's always great talking to you
1: dude. Yeah, you too. And um one, one last message to everyone out there. Yeah. Uh check out CDC uh control for uh, or Center for uh, Disease Control, because they have all the information you need without freaking you out. Right. Um, yeah. Check the news just to know where we are with things, but you know that 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 can take you down a dark hole. And I, right. I would just emphasize: go to uh, CDC and do what you can to to uh, keep your spirits high. Um, yes, this is a real thing, but I we're all in this together, man.
0: And absolutely. Uh,
1: Let's keep making art. Music is powerful, and um, music can bring us all together. Um, I, I believe in the arts as a whole can can bring us all together. Can also keep us uh, keep our sanity.
0: Dude, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Just talking to you today has been a refreshing experience and made me feel a little more sane. I, you know, been talking to the to the dog at home primarily. So right, like, right. Yeah. Just well, interacting on any level is awesome, and it's good. I mean, I'm just glad we got to catch up, man. It's great. To I'm talk glad to. we
1: did. I'm glad we did too. I'm glad that uh, we've met and we're friends. And I played your record this morning. I've been oh. playing it, and it, and it really, it. I'm not saying it to kiss your ass. It, it brought my
0: spirits up. Oh, thank you, man. So well, I'm gonna have to go home and, and throw on some of your music. Thank and, you for that, and get through the through the day with some new tunage. I ordered a. I have a Jim Sullivan record coming in the mail from Papa Jazz. Have you ever spent much time with him? I, um, I've not. Oh, man. I'm familiar with Papa
1: Jazz. And well,
0: Jim Sullivan is like this guy who, I guess in like the 70s, he, he was kind of like this like hippie, hippie rock guy, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. But he made this record called UFO that's really great, and it has all these members of the Wrecking Crew on it, and... He always would tell his friends, you know, like, if you know if I were to have to go, I'd want to just go into the desert and get picked up by aliens, and he was supposed to be moving from the West Coast to Nashville, I think, and they just found right. his car in a desert with his guitar and his wallet and everything, and they've never seen the guy since. Um, oh, my gosh. Which is wild. I mean, it's, a, that it's is. a crazy story, but it's also two, I think it's just two records he has, and they're both right. really awesome records. Like, I mean mystery behind the story aside it's they're just awesome records and Papa Jazz is doing like free shipping on records right now oh nice because they're not opening up the doors they're just doing like basically their version of to-go orders um so right right uh, my friend Woody who's helped us out on this podcast um he posted about that one and I got it coming in the mail so I'm just hunkering down and trying to listen to music and get excited about that side of it since we can't really get the uh the instant satisfaction of like, you know, going out and seeing a band live. I feel like you right, can get that, right. Get that at home right now. I guess. Right, right, and and before
1: we go, it, it's it's only proper being a, a drummer first and foremost uh, that um, I wanted to give a shout out or rest in peace, Bill Riflin
0: oh, drummer,
1: the the late uh, drummer. He I met him a few times and he he was a true gentleman i mean he was just a really sweet guy and um and uh condolences to everyone out there check out his
0: music yeah yeah that's um, definitely a a big loss and i mean his he was involved with so many projects i mean it's you know another person worth giving a spin right now and revisiting always worth revisiting that stuff absolutely absolutely cool well, cool, man. Well, I'll talk to you soon, and uh, yeah. we'll have, I'll have to get up to Athens once once it's safe to kind of get around again, and we can get a slice of pizza and talk about all the bands we love or something.
1: I would love to do that. Seriously. Awesome. No no bullshit. Let's do
0: it. Yeah, man. And we'll stay in touch. Hopefully. All right. Hopefully, we can get you down here in Columbia, too, man.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, hello to uh, to all your bandmates and to Absolutely. everyone down yeah, there.
0: I'll, I'll tell Andre uh, we chatted, yeah. too. Yeah. He'd, he'd, yeah we should uh, when when things return somewhat to normal we should get him involved in some hangs too
1: oh I'd love that I would love that is he still in Charleston
0: yep yep he and Lizzie okay. are, are down there
1: awesome great well, awesome man well, to well, hear well I'll
0: catch you later uh, always great talking to you dude you too take care brother see you man alright bye 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 this has been a Comfort Monk Podcast